0: Good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour live on this Tuesday, August the 29th. And the madman from North Korea continues to escalate the event that has everybody, well, I guess, distracted for the moment. The rain does not stop falling in Houston. I guess they're saying now at least two, maybe three more days before any of those places crest all the rivers and the reservoirs and all of those things. So the flooding continues, and we're right on the precipice of all kinds of new economic data, and we're going to keep you all educated in the know. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and a man, it has been hot here, really hot. As a matter of fact, it's been over 110 degrees. Like the last four or five days, as uh, wow, I'm ready for it to break. I'll tell you right now. I was out uh, yesterday. I was walking, trying to be less fat, and it was it was exhausting. It was so hot, and it just I'm ready for summer to be over. Uh, and I hope uh, I hope this day finds you well. The website allamericangold.com. Uh, Ramon keeps you all educated with all the articles and the videos and. Everything that you're going to need to know, but I you know, I can't help but but wonder. Uh, as gold hits another uh high for the year, uh silver right behind it as well. Now silver's at almost seventeen seventeen dollars and sixty cents. Uh gold's at thirteen hundred and seventeen dollars and you know, yesterday we kind of talked about, hey, listen, you know, we're looking at probably fourteen hundred and that I wasn't planning on you know, North Korea to lob missiles over Japan. I mean, if if, if this thing escalates and, forget, you know, now we're talking uh, whole different types of numbers. And I guess the thing that made it most curious for me, why didn't they shoot it down? You know, and they, I'm sure they knew, and then, you know, they're really smart people that the, the missile was going to, you know, supposed to keep on going but the worry would be what you know it's north korea you never know what these missiles are going to do i wonder why they didn't shoot it down did they just not have the ability to do so uh is there going to be a response from the japanese government Uh, i know north or south korea responded by launching missiles that that landed right near the border of north korea and then president trump said all options are on the table and I'm like there's no good one. And I guess that's at a certain point, you know, what is what are we gonna do about it? I mean you can't just let this guy fire missiles off and have them go and fly over other people's countries. I mean that just I mean it's one thing when I guess he was launching them into the sea, but it never really got into you know, it was in I guess what they call what, international waters. This is a whole different kind of escalation. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. I guess that would be, like, the big unknown. Right? And then and then we deal with all the things that we do know. We right? had another retailer, Bit the Dust, uh, parfume Mania. That was that perfume store in the mall. They filed for bankruptcy protection. And I think they're closing, like, 25% of their stores. Of course, they've been closing stores all along. Uh, But another 65 uh, in the bankruptcy filings. Uh, Then we have uh, Puerto Rico, right? Let's not forget them, right? They're already in default saying, hey, we may have to close the National Zoo. Uh, Interesting thing happened in the bond retail market having to do with Amazon. Uh, They are now officially, I guess, the owner of Whole Foods and has now put the bonds of other supermarket chains under pressure. And then who ultimately is going to pay for Houston? And this was something that yesterday we talked about, you know, who had the most exposure from an insurance standpoint, but now it's turned into a flooding event. That is very, very different. And I did not know this. But the insurers may not be on the – well, let's just put it this way. They'll probably claim uh, <laughs> whether the wind blew your roof off or not if there was flooding, because that's all on the taxpayer, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about those things as well. And then the biggest thing that I've seen – we're going to go back 20 years. Why? Why not? Right? It's a random – number 1997 this was probably the peak of what we thought was going to be uh, the the maestro era of Change, Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. So, is it really that complicated? You know, you sit there, and, and every day, I, I come to work, and I go through and I dig through all of the the news that's out there. And I try to put all of these pieces to the puzzle together for you, and for me. i you know, I'm trying to figure it out with you. And I see what's happened, you know, and, and I look at, you know, if you go back to 1997, the Dow was like 7,900, the Dow Jones. I didn't look at the S&P or the NASDAQ, I, I just didn't get that far, but I just you know, let's just take the Dow. Seventy nine hundred. Gold was three hundred bucks. Today the Dow is twenty one thousand eight hundred and at the time it was eight twenty five, it's eight nineteen right now, but twenty one thousand eight twenty five. Or two point seven six times was seventy nine hundred. So you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, went up almost 300%, not quite. Gold is $1,316, or 4.38 times. Again, just another example, and it was random, and it wasn't random for me. How did I come up with 1997? I came up with 1997 because what I'm going to share with you next. But just another example. I mean, you can mess around in the stock market if you want to. I mean, you know that's that's what they tell you you should do. But the really the the thing that's very very simple is gold. Continually over time, always outperforms. It just does. I mean, there's going to be time and you can pick different times, right? If you picked uh, 2011, it wouldn't. The Dow would appear to be better, but any time when you go back any reasonable amount of time, gold always ends up outperforming, and it's not complicated either. Right? You know, you just don't have to worry about it. And and I'm going to share with you because this is another one out of Sovereign Man. You know, we talked about him last week. The guy is brilliant. And, and I guess a lot of the things that I talk about, I just borrow them and steal them from people that are way smarter than me. Quite literally, as I write these words to you, he starts. the heads of the world's largest central banks are packing their bags and they're heading home after their meeting in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Right. So so he's writing this right after the Jackson Hole meeting which wrapped up right this last week, last Friday. Central bankers aren't exactly mega celebrities, except on this show. So their conferences don't make international news outside of financial circles, right? And of course it's all over the you know CNBC and Fox and Bloomberg and all of those stations but if people really understood what was at stake they would probably pay more attention and this is part that gets so frustrating right and we can worry about Houston right and we worry about what that crazy guy in North Korea is going to do Uh, We worry about, you know, terrorism, and we worry about our kids, and we worry about the cost of college and all of those things. But maybe what we really should be worried about is how we've given so much power and control to the most important thing, which is what our financial well-being. Because listen, when we talk about you know family, you know what faith and family and finance, right? That's kind of how how it should go, right? Faith, family, finance, and if you got those three in order, you're going to do pretty good. Central bankers wield totalitarian authority over the nation's interest rates And you kind of think about this day and age right how did how did one small group get this power setting interest rates means they have direct influence over the price of money in other words they influence the price of of everything and this is the part that people don't understand we can sit there and we can be upset at how much a home cost we can be upset at how much the automobile cost or health care insurance cost or the cost of sending our kids to college or the cost to play high school football or the cost of singing in the choir or playing the band or anything that you'd want to do. But really what we need to really start focusing in on is who's in charge of making these things cost so much and what has been the effect on the citizenry of this country. How much you pay for your mortgage, the price of your home, how cheap or expensive it is for a business to borrow money for expansion. Now they say expansion borrow money for whatever they buy their own buy their stock back. Which directly affects how many people get hired. Their influence, and it's really not an influence, they have control, helps determine how much interest the government pays each year on its debt, which ultimately impacts tax rates and other spending programs. It's extraordinary power. And whereas nearly every branch of government has some system of checks and balances to ensure no single body has too much authority, right? And you think about the three branches of government. And really, in anything that we do, whether it's our professional lives, Whether it's our personal lives, there's always that structure, right? You think about where you live, right? There's the Homeowners Association, or there's a rental contract. There's always some form of checks and balance, except in one place. Central banks aren't technically part of the government. So their power is almost, and really it's entirely unchecked. He says it's nearly entirely unchecked. It's unchecked. It's almost, it it defies logic to allow this type of system to be in place, especially when, if people actually knew what was at stake. To be fair, I am sure they're all very nice people with good intentions. <laughs> I forget what's that saying? Go with the road that's paved with good intentions, right? And I'm sure I, I don't know them, right? But I'm sure I, I I would like to agree with him that yes, the, they are nice people, and and they have good intentions. Central bankers are not mustache-twirling villains plotting to take over the world. Now, we can debate that. Right? Maybe at best they're the pawns for the, as he calls it, mustache-twirling villains. Right? They do the bidding of the super elite. But the decisions they make have serious implications over the lives of hundreds of millions of people. Really, it's all powerful. Just like politics, every action they have and every action they take has winners and losers. Right? Listen. The central bank is in the business of picking the winners and the losers, right? You've heard this No, don't fight the Fed. What does that mean? Don't fight the Fed, right? The answer is right. Listen, the Fed is going to pick who the winners are, so you better pick them. And really, ultimately, what the winner is gold. Gold wins. Don't fool yourself. Gold wins. I just proved it again today. Nineteen ninety. Uh, who cares about nineteen ninety-seven? Get gold wins. Stock markets around the world are at all-time highs. Bond markets are at all-time highs. Real estate markets are at all-time highs. Right? We we talked about that. Right? Everything at an all-time record high. And these are all, This is just so we're, we're clear, these are all debt markets. All the debt is at all-time record highs. All of it. If you own assets, and we can argue what an asset is, you've done well. You've done extremely well. Well, maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. But if you're in the rapidly deteriorating middle class, especially the lower middle class, you haven't. Looking at the United States, it seems quite strange that the stock market is near all-time highs when the overall economy has been sluggish for years. And I think sluggish is the fair word. Like I said, most of you don't realize they haven't fixed it. They covered it up, and they covered it up with trillions of dollars that we all need to pay for. Right? They got all of you to rack up as much debt as they possibly could. Now they don't know what to do annual gdp growth for the united states was a measly 1.6 percent a rate that barely keeps up with the population kind of says he really that 1.6 was really there was no growth if it wasn't for the fact that we had more people there wouldn't have been annual global gdp growth has been low for years this has had a significant impact on employment in wages. Central bankers and politicians tout that the unemployment rate in the United States, he says at a 10-year low, it's actually at a 16-year low, and it's a few tenths away from being at like a 50-year low. And it sounds great, but it's easy to see a different picture when you look deeper at the numbers. And here's, he goes a little different than I do. Right, if you go out and you read my blog, and we kind of go deep into the unemployment rate and jobless claims and, and wages, right, and we kind of look at those things and, and really tell you why these, these numbers don't mean what they used to. He's going to take something far more deeper. We're going to talk about that next.
1: This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, the conservative pro-family broadcast of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a leading voice for the sanctity of life, traditional education, the Constitution, and American sovereignty. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt.
2: The February 1985 Phyllis Schlafly Report exposed the anti-parent, anti-child, and anti-American agenda of the National Education Association. The stated vision of the NEA is, quote, a great public school for every student. This vision is quite ominous, not only due to the obvious lack of reference to any non-public schooling option, but it doesn't really reflect the highly politicized NEA. Well, Phyllis wasn't fooled by flowery language, and we shouldn't be either. While the NEA claims nonpartisanship, the overwhelming majority of their endorsements and campaign donations have gone to Democrats. However, Phyllis uncovered even more egregious views held by this lobbying machine masquerading as an education association. The NEA legislative program from 1984 to 1985 listed a litany of outrageous positions. Phyllis highlighted some of the worst, including positions favoring a nuclear freeze, the ERA, forcing women into the draft, and unlimited access to contraceptives for people of all ages. We simply must ask, what possible link is there between a nuclear freeze and a great public school for every student? In truth, the NEA is little more than a cog in the machine of liberal advocacy. When this 1985 report was published, a major fight was brewing over the Hatch Amendment, a 1978 statute forbidding schools from doing many controversial things in the classroom without parental consent. After many shocking testimonies of parents and students, the Department of Education released new rules making it easier for parents to assert their rights. Parents, don't be intimidated by teachers or administrators who claim to know best for your children over you. While many educators only want the best for their students, they do not have the ultimate responsibility. Parents are uniquely qualified to safeguard the well-being and education of their children. You have a vested interest in their future that no teacher will ever have. The right to make decisions regarding your child's education comes with the responsibility to hold schools accountable.
1: This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The liberal agenda is corrupting classrooms in colleges and schools across the country. If you're a parent, teacher, or administrator who really cares about our children, we promise to keep you informed at phyllisschlafly.com. And let us hear from you at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
0: Welcome back. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Probably now more than ever. One of the it, it is so important of a time. You know because you really don't have the breadth of how much trouble we're really in, and I'm not talking about the crazy guy in North Korea. I'm not. She just throw that that's like icing on the cake according to the data from the US labor department the percentage of american americans in their prime working years right prime working years 25 to 54 we've talked about this a bunch of times who actually have jobs is is way below any historical measure ever, especially if you're a man. Only 88% of men between the ages of 25 and 54 are working. It's devastating. Wage growth completely stagnant. On top of that, right, we know about the debt levels, the student debt, the consumer debt, the auto loans. He talks all about it. And how people are once again not able to pay. They don't want to talk about it. But trust me, it's happening. Over the last four or over the last twelve months, Capital One, right? You know, the the Vikings running around. What's in your wallet? Right? Charge-offs have grown by 40 percent. That was just last year, 40 percent. Cash levels are incredibly low. and we talk about how, how I don't even I feel horrible for these people in Houston, because you know the vast majority of them that are getting wiped out are the ones that were working so hard just to stay where they were. We've all seen the stories about how little savings the average American has. But he pulled his own data. He went to Bank of America as his proxy. In Bank of America's annual report, so he takes Bank of America's annual report so he's probably obviously a shareholder, so he can have full access to that. It shows that the bank has five hundred and ninety-two billion dollars in consumer deposits, right? And of course, you know that FDIC insurance fund, right? Yeah, they don't even have, they don't even have a tenth of that ready to go out probably like a 20th. And the deposits come from 46 million households. I want to be clear on that. That's not people. That's households. So, Bank of America has probably got about 100 million people involved at least. That works out to 12,800 hundred and seventy dollars per household now we know right he's not disseminating anything that's one one guy's got billions of dollars the vast majority got none but if you just averaged it out it's twelve thousand eight hundred and seventy dollars by the way he wanted to be clear that amount includes everything. Savings, investments, retirement accounts, you name it, at Bank of America. What is amazing, and this is how I went back to 1997, 20 years ago, Bank of America's annual report showed the bank had $392 billion in deposits from 30 million households. Now, just think about how big these banks have gotten. 20 years ago, they had 30 million households. Now they're up to 46 million. And you think about right, J.P. Morgan and Wells Fargo and Citigroup and between those four banks, you've got most of the country. That worked out to $13,067 per household in 1997. So 20 years later, the average person with a bank account at Bank of America, and I should say this, the average household with a bank account at Bank of America has less money today. Than they did in 1997. And what do you think? What well, prices up? What forty percent? I mean, would that be a fair number? Probably close to it. From 1997 to today, that's probably about right. We actually have less money today than we did 20 years ago through bank of america this is through their own annual report and this is before adjusting for inflation cuz you know how they like to do well adjusting for inflation so that adjusted for inflation 13,000 right was <laughs> was was what like, I don't know 20 25 significantly worse off today one of the biggest stories of our generation the middle class is being decimated and really if you think about it it's even a bigger breadth they got 46 million households I mean if, if we I, I don't know what the average household is but if it was three people That'd be 138 million Americans. I mean, that's more than a third of the country. History shows that throughout many dominant empires, from the ancient Rome to the British Empire, the robust middle class is essential to maintain a durable society. Where the middle class is strong and growing, civilization flourishes. And when the middle class falls, civilization turns over. When we return, we're going to talk about a story that my uncle used to tell about the Romans and how is it that we're repeating history all over again. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. Patriot Radio News Hour. 800-951-0592. I'm going to give you a very simple story that all of you can understand. Back in Rome in the ancient Rome, the Roman Empire, right? The greatest empire, you know, of its generation. The the government of Rome wanted to spend more money. And they needed the gold to do it. See and this was the reason why the central bankers took us off, you know, took the gold from the citizenry in 1933. They wanted to spend more money without the gold. Well, the Romans, they had the denarius. And let's just say one denarius equated to a loaf of bread. The Romans decided hey, I know what we can do. Right? We can just shave a little bit off. You know, when they collected the taxes, they started shaving the denariuses, right, clipping them. Just a little bit here and a little bit there. Take a little bit off off the edges. Well, after a while, people started to notice, right, right? Why is this denarius so much smaller than this one? And the next thing you know, they wanted two denariuses for a loaf of bread. Right? So on and so forth until eventually, what happened? The middle class got decimated. Right? Because they didn't have two denarius. Their wages. Didn't double. So all of a sudden, all of these things that they used to be able to afford, they no longer could. And it's no different than today. The only difference is they don't have to clip the coin. You know, by the way, if you ever look at your change, all those reeds around the edges of them, That's why they put those there, (laughs) right? Because back before they actually, you know, actually put gold and silver in the coins, that was pretty important. So you could guarantee that they weren't, you know, shaving off some of the gold or some of the silver. But today we have the exact same problem. They keep devaluing. Devaluing, they lie about the devaluation, right? They call it inflation, right? Because that sounds way better than devaluation. They now got you convinced we have to have it. You know, the average price of a home 20 years ago, just a you know regular old house was $79,000. Gold was $300. If you had put $79,000 into gold, you'd have about 263 ounces. And today, gold's at $1,315. You'd have $345 thousand eight hundred and forty five dollars plenty of money not plenty anymore but you'd still be able to buy the house if you had the seventy nine thousand dollars right what would you have you would have well, about yeah, a third of a house and not even right not even a nice one. Seventy-nine thousand. you probably need Four times that to get to three hundred sixteen. So you can't quite afford about twenty percent of a new home. So twenty years ago, seventy nine thousand dollars you could buy a new home. Today, the average price of a new home was what three hundred and fifty grand. See, and this is what gold does. It just keeps you whole. It's why we it's a store of value. It's wealth insurance. It allows you to maintain the buying power of your money. Right? Eric used to talk about the cow. Remember the cow? Go back to eighteen seventy eight. Right, the steer, the heifer, the big heifer there, it was $20. Today, it's 1300 Right, That $20 gold piece, it just kept you whole. And believe it when I tell you, ever since we went off the gold standard in 1971, nothing has done better than than gold. Do the math yourself. Gold was $35 then. Nothing's done better. And yet all of these people try to convince you that you shouldn't own it. And you know what the sad part is? The sad part is, is now the vast majority of people in this country can't afford to own it. And of course, what does that end up doing to our to our country, right? We are slowly returning into the Romans. We've become a slave to the debt. The only difference was at least the Romans could see it in their denariuses. Unfortunately for the Americans, by the time they noticed, they're already bankrupt. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. final segment on this Tuesday so we've learned from Bank of America's financial reports 46 million households who bank at Bank of America you added all up everything they have less money today than 20 years ago and that's not even adjusted for inflation so when you really look at where we're at today, again, I ask you, what do you really think is going to happen? I mean, you really think, I mean, everybody, you all know, housing's way overpriced. The stock market's way overpriced. And quite honestly, the one asset that's going to be there after it's all over, it's going to be gold. Today we've got what was it? Seventy five, Wendy, that was how many? Seventy five. Seventy five US ten dollar liberties. These are eighteen sixty six to nineteen oh seven, the gold pieces. They're at seven hundred and fifteen dollars today. At eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Uh I do have a. I got some rolls of US US Silver Eagle rolls. These are gonna be some backdate years. We don't have a lot. We just got some more in. Uh we probably got about fifteen rolls at four ten. Uh so you get some gold and some silver today at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. A quick look in at the markets. Uh gold's coming back, uh filling in the gap that it left overnight after North Korea decided to lob missiles over Japan, Uh, $1,314 right now. Again, another high for the year. Silver is higher as well, $17.50. The Dow is mixed. Uh, It was down close to, I think it was down over 100 points. Uh, We'll see if it holds. I kind of doubt it will. But way it's mixed right now. The Dow is up 20 Uh, The NASDAQ is down. Uh, The NASDAQ is up as well. Crude oil uh, down another 67 cents as we're going to have that weird thing where crude oil is falling while gasoline prices are rising. Uh, And then we've got a lot of economic data out the rest of the week. So it should be uh, a very, very interesting week as far as uh, what the real numbers are and the actual data, of course, then. Combine that with what's going on in Houston. Combine that with what's going on with North Korea. And I guess it's pretty easy to see uh, why it is that gold continues to, to rally. Just kind of like I said, you know what? All these other things, the Houston thing, the North Korean thing, those are things that, you know what, they, they help or they hurt or I, I don't know what. But really when you just look at what is happening and you really look at it, right? They're clipping the denariuses. That's what the Federal Reserve is doing, and they're doing it unabated, right? Never in the world did our founding fathers ever dream of giving such a small group of people this much control over what the well-being of this country is. And if you look at just the, just the money in the bank over the last 20 years, Everybody has less. 800-951-0592. That's the toll-free number. Take the time. Put some more away. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back tomorrow.